Hello, and welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast with your host, me, Crystal McFadden. I am so excited to welcome you to season three, You, Me, and the Search for Sanity. This is a place where real struggles meet realistic takeaways from a therapist's point of view who has sat on both sides of the clinical chair. Now, I do want to mention that in no way does this stand in the place of a clinical relationship. If you are having thoughts to harm yourself or others, please dial 911 and get connected with a therapist in your area. Otherwise, I am so glad that you are joining this Crystal Conversations podcast, especially during this season, again, with you, me, and the search for sanity. Let the journey begin. Hey everyone, Crystal McFadden back here for another Crystal Conversation. I'm so glad you're joining me in season three. You, me, the search for sanity. The options are endless when it comes to topics that I could focus in on. One of the topics that I I can't even ignore because I hear it every time I meet someone new, every time I'm doing a Zoom coaching, Every time I'm talking to someone after a speaking event, every time I have a new client in a therapy setting, this four word question is almost the first thing when I say, hey, so nice to meet you. Tell me what brought you here. Where do I begin? Those four words are just, they push right through any other great thing you had been practicing to say, or what you thought it would look like in your mind. It's just this relief of, where do I begin? And honestly, the best answer that I can give you is right where you are. The the most overwhelming thought of where do I even begin starts with right where you're at. What do you mean? I promised you in the intro episode that I would give you very practical ways to take home, to be able to work through these concepts in a manner that brings you benefit. Because it's not about hearing my voice. No one wants to say, oh man, I'm just going to sit and that Crystal McFadden girl, man, I'm just going to listen to her voice. Man, it's just just something I want to do to fill my time. No, you came here to gain some semblance of sanity, of benefit, of oomph to your day. And that's what I want to sort of give to you. So how do you start right where you're at? There are a number of different areas to start. There are a bazillion different tools and there are so many different approaches, but I'm gonna break it down into some sections. You start right where you're at, looking at your feelings. There's a great thing that you can do called Google, and you can pull up an emotion wheel or an emotion chart. And if you're having trouble trying to come up with the way that you're feeling, Google one of these charts, or if your therapist has it, or if you happen to be a teacher and you already have one, look at it and try to come up with the feelings that best describe where you're at right now in this moment, whatever date, whatever time, look at your watch, look at your calendar and be like, hmm, okay, this day, this time, 
I feel these different emotions. You don't have to justify why you feel them or if they're correct. You just want to make sure they're accurate. Because if you check 10 minutes from now or even 10 hours from now, you may have some overlap, but you are likely to have a number of other different emotions. These feelings that you have are, are fluid. And that's why it's so important to meet yourself where you are, because you may feel other types of feelings at different times throughout your day and your week and your month, or even during that moment versus when you're describing it. But the goal is be okay with where you're at right now, because the likelihood is, is it's going to change. That's just one way, but look at your feelings, check your thoughts. I encourage everyone to have the sanity of journaling. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything when it comes to taking your thoughts from your head onto the page, except it relieves the weight that you're carrying in your brain. You get to actually see some of those thoughts that have been banging around. And oh, by the way, you can measure repeating thoughts as you journal more often on a regular, consistent basis. Go figure. It's not just taking notes but it's actually recording data so that you can be more realistic moving forward, so that you can have tangible things that you can grab onto when the world feels like it's falling apart or spinning and there's no way around it. So that's really important to realize that we target our thoughts, we meet ourselves where we are, we check our, uh, our feelings, our thoughts, and then also maybe you're not a writer, Maybe there is a physical disability or an illness that causes pain or something that hinders you from doing that. I would be remiss to say, use a tool. Sometimes I can't focus enough or my body is too tired enough that I'm not like actually writing words that I can read. And speaking to text is a great function. I know that you can do it in Microsoft Word. I know you can do it through Google. There are so many different programs that are more advanced and very simple that you can push a microphone and it will start to record those thoughts. If that is easier for you to data dump what's going on up here in your head down onto a page, do that. Is there power between connecting your hand to a writing utensil onto a page? Absolutely. There is science behind it. It is therapeutic. But if you cannot, there are ways around that. So I didn't want to pass that by without highlighting that because sometimes that is the best way out of our heads onto a page. Or meet yourself where you are through song. What does your playlist look like? Have you really thought about the songs that get you like engaged? You know, there's certain songs that you will turn up at any given time and it may not last. It may just be for that season. What are the songs on your playlist now? What are the things that you're getting excited? If you wanna do a deep dive on meeting yourself where you're at, beginning somewhere, look at your playlist. What are you listening to? What are you allowing in your ears to fuel your brain to a direction? I know some of you are sort of like, Man, you don't even want to know, Crystal. <laughs> well, if you think that it's negative, toxic, fueling anger, fueling some sort of bitterness, even shame, 
or deepening the depths of despair, if there are, if there is noise coming into your body, of course, through social media, and I won't even go into that right now, but really the music and the podcast and the things that you're choosing, even some of the playlists on your Netflix, on your Hulu, what, what are you seeping into your body? Just write it down. Don't judge yourself. Don't, don't condemn yourself before you collect objective data. We're just looking at facts here. Meet yourself where you are, not where you should be, not where you ought to be, not where you'd like to be. Where are you in reality? Write down those shows, write down those songs, write down those podcasts. And then if you want to go a little bit deeper, what makes those appealing to you right now? What is your favorite lyric out of those songs? What is the character that you resonate most with in those shows? Why is this podcast or something important to you enough to keep listening to and taking up the 168 hours of your week? It's important to know. And so that's one way to begin somewhere is what's going in your ears um, and in your eyes. Another way you'll hear many leaders say, if you look at someone's schedule or you look at someone's spending, check out their bank account, check out their planner, and that will highlight the things that's important to them. If you want to begin somewhere, check out what your schedule is filled with and where your money is going. Those are two amazing ways to start out taking a look at where to start, meeting yourself where you are. And then sometimes one of the most complicated is looking at the people who are in your life from the innermost circle of who you have the most contact with. Maybe that's just the kids hanging onto your legs when you're trying to go to the bathroom, or maybe that is the coworkers that you work long hours with. These may not necessarily be the people you want to spend the most time with, but again, we're doing objective observations, data collection. Who is it that you are spending the most time with? And guys, I'm not going to ignore the fact that maybe you're spending the most time with people online. Who do you chat back and forth the most with? Because this impacts the life that you're living. This impacts the thoughts that you're having. This breaches relationships that you should be growing in intimacy with that is now being blocked because of the conversations that you're having elsewhere. So it's very important to be realistic on who you're spending the most time with because that amount of time does influence the type of thoughts and emotions and actions that you're choosing in other parts. So where do you begin? Check out the people who take up the most of your energy and time. Wherever you begin, I don't care if it's the feelings, the thoughts, the playlist, the schedule, the money, the people, wherever you begin, it's okay. Hear me. It is okay that it feels a little messy. It is okay that it feels a little disorganized, that there's no rhyme or reason, like you're just mindlessly listing off things. It's okay. Because if we start where we are, we're still taking in information. We're not making change. We're not adopting a new belief. We're not stepping into a plan yet. We don't even have a plan. We're just making observations. So it's okay that it looks messy, 
there is power in creating a level of comfort and acceptance within the discomfort and the mess that we find ourselves in, because then we're actually starting at the real starting line. If we're trying to create a plan and a life and decisions and understanding around the person we present on social media, around the person and the smile we put on in public, around the person that our church members think we are, and we're not meeting ourselves right where we are, we're essentially giving ourselves a stepladder that only has two legs. And let me tell you, they are not balanced against a sturdy wall. They are ready to tip over as soon as you apply weight or pressure to any given direction. So do not hurt yourself and your journey by trying to give yourself false data. You will fall. It is about beginning right where you are and realizing that we've held on to these thoughts and these feelings, trying to hold it together for so long, that they've gotten banged up, that they've have some bruises to them. When we take them out of ourselves and put them onto paper, put them onto the observation table, it's going to be messy and there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some scars. There's going to be some mud. I mean, let's, I mean, heck, there might even be some mold growing somewhere. Who knows? But what I'm telling you is that the distortions that have happened that from us holding on on the inside and trying to present ourselves as some alternate way creates a distortion. It's the same concept as if the old phone tree analogy, where if I tell you a secret and you tell so-and-so the same secret and that same secret goes to here, by the time it gets 15 people down the line, what they think you said originally is completely distorted. Well, that's what's happening in your brain as you hold on to this thing. This thought, this feeling, this emotion, this memory is bouncing so erratically through a series of file folders trying to find a home that it eventually it's not as recognizable as it was if you would have met it where it was pretty soon after the moment. And so it's important to recognize that things get distorted and that's okay, but we have to meet us right where we are so that we can begin to build clarity and solidify what it is we're going to hold on to and what it is we're going to let go. Next, when I hear that initial question, where do I even begin? Sometimes you don't want to take a self-look. So sometimes it's, you don't even want to get into that mess. Another way is you can really tap in to the resources and strengths that you have available. It is okay if it doesn't feel like a lot. What seems like a lot to you or something valuable to you is irrelevant to anyone else. We're not comparing here. It's okay that it doesn't look like someone else's resources or strengths. Maybe they have more money. Maybe they have more friends. Maybe they have more choices. Maybe they have better family. Maybe they have more of a different schedule. It doesn't matter because why? because we're meeting ourselves where we are with what we have that we can use. That it's okay if what we have, the resources and strengths is not what we expected to find in ourselves, nor the experiences we wanted to draw from. That is totally okay. I'm telling you, 
right where you are is the most powerful place you can start from. And so um, one of these ways that we can start expanding is finding new ways to look at exactly what we have. So if you've ever thought about the idea of, hey, I have a tissue box. It's always been a tissue box. When I go to the store, I buy the same thing that looks like what I had, and it's a tissue box. Well, what other uses could it be? Maybe it's a crayon container. Maybe it is a garbage can. Maybe it is not a container at all. Maybe it becomes a, a riser of some sort to increase the, the level at which something sits. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a decorative piece because, you know, they make tissue boxes fancy these days <laughs> with different patterns and colors. Regardless, we want to stretch ourselves that sometimes we see something for what it is and not all of the ways it could be used. When we're doing the assessment of what our resources are, what strengths we can tap into, sometimes we have to remember that what we have available to us, we were equipped for long ago to prepare us for this moment. Don't underestimate the power of your pain. Don't underestimate the reason that you have what you have. For the longest time, I couldn't realize the value in having a problem and trying to come up with a solution and why I would get stuck at 17 different ways to possibly solve it and not be able to continue. What I realized was when I was sick and I didn't have a lot of mobility, I would spend a lot of time stuck in a place thinking about what it is that I could do on my way from maybe the couch to the bathroom so that I could get something done, feel less guilty about this burden I felt on anyone else and on my way there, I would make a plan of all the different things I could possibly reach for, move, pick up, and do while I was moving in that direction. And then I would do the same on my way back if there was additional things I could pile in. I, I actually realized, looking back, that I gained a lot of strategy, a lot of creative approaches that I didn't know I needed, but it was learned through survival. And now it allows me to bless folks like you who are listening, saying like, I don't see any other option. I don't see how this could be a benefit. I don't understand why I have to go through this to move forward. Well, I'm a heck of a better therapist because of the pain and the struggles and the strategies I had to come up with just to get through life, just to get out of the hospital, to be able to stay a night at home, just to stop getting home care so that I could have my own independence, just so I could stop asking people for help and find ways to do it myself. There are reasons we experience the pain, but it's not necessarily just to get through. It's how we're going to use that experience, that those lessons, that bandwidth, of pain tolerance, emotional understanding, like there's a lot of compassion that comes with our struggle for others who are going through the struggle. So there's a lot of resources and strengths that you may not have, that you may have, that you may not have considered as a resource or a strength because it still hurts and that's okay. It's worth the work. So use what you've got, 
meet yourself where you are. If you look around and you're like, well, I got a house, there's shelter. That's a resource. That's a source of strength. That's not something that I'm fighting to obtain. It's something I already have. If you have enough ramen to last you this month in the cupboard, hooray, especially if you got clean water to cook it with. Those are resources. Those are strengths. Those are things you can use to sustain yourself to move forward. If you have access to someone who has a farm and is willing to give you extra produce, that's a healthier option that is of no cost and no burden that allows you to make better choices. So give yourself permission to start where you are, but also grow beyond your imagination. Sometimes the solutions we have in mind that make perfect logical sense do not take into consideration all the other variables circulating around us in humanity, because the reality is we are all unpredictable and all messy and function off emotions more time than we'd like to admit. So I want to hone in on the fact that God doesn't show off in plans we could have come up with ourselves. We wouldn't have come up with the idea of getting sick or having a chronic diagnosis so that we could grow in a certain area. That's not how we would choose to do it. We would not choose to have adultery or stressors or whatever in our marriage so that it could make us stronger, so that it could create ways that we would find unity and laughter and reconnection. Like we just wouldn't do it that way. We would come up with any other way to avoid that emotional pain. What about our children? Our children make us learn and grow in ways we would never choose. It makes us the happiest and the most angry all in one breath. We would never choose that. But yet we do because it grows us. It is the way we were designed to move through our humanity. What about job changes? Sometimes these are not by choice. These are by force and we would not choose it, but we learn and often they open up better, more healthy opportunities than we were enduring because it goes against the grain. We get to see God's sovereignty in things that we wouldn't plan, but he gets to show off. Same with service projects, ways that we go outside of ourselves. Most folks who have gone on a homeless feeding mission whether it's a one night or an ongoing thing, they will say that they feel like they were blessed more than the people they gave food and blankets and supplies to. Why? Because going outside of ourselves in ways that we would not plan produce fruit that we would not choose to grow. Um, and even devastation, we know. I call them critical incidents. I specialize in responding to workplace critical incidents, a death, a diagnosis, um, certain incidents that you wouldn't plan to happen, but your people need to work through, grow from, and continue functioning. Um, devastation can sometimes lead us through seasons that we did not choose, but man, did they teach us a lot. Man, did they grow that, that strength within us, that compassion within us, that heartfelt empathy for others in us that we didn't know we needed until we grew it. And we were like, man, well, I have that now. So when you find yourself stuck and overwhelmed by the question, where do I begin? One, 
Start where you're at. Two, be objective. What do you actually know? Three, what's available to you? The people, places, things, experience, skills, money. What, what is available to you currently? Even if you haven't been thankful for it before, look for it now. And four, give yourself permission for the grace of meeting yourself where you are, but also for the creativity, recognizing that your plan might not be the best, most expansive, detail-encompassing plan. The creativity of God wanting to show off just how good, just how loving, just how purposeful, just how intentional, just how merciful he is, whoo, that's where it gets exciting. So if you find yourself being asked, so what brings you here today? And the outpouring of, I don't even know where to begin comes. I hope that it doesn't feel so scary for you right now. I hope that some of these pieces have helped you step into that space with a slightly more confidence that you're willing to realize that even though it feels overwhelming, and even though there doesn't seem to be any order or plan with this response, that it's a really good place to start, right where you are. Thanks for joining this Crystal Conversation. Well, there you have it. You have now finished an episode of the Crystal Conversations podcast. So what are you going to do now? Did you take notes? Do you have a friend who might like to hear this? Are you, do you have questions for me or potentially an event that I could serve a group that you know? No matter where you find yourself, I hope that you have an action plan, a takeaway, something that you learned or gained or that you're ready to do and that you put it into motion. Don't just be a listener. Get out there, make change. I wanna hear about your growth journey. So connect with me on social media at Crystal Conversations LLC or on the website at crystalmcfadden.com. Can't wait for you to join another Crystal Conversation.